Welcome to Captain's Log, Episode 11, Reformation 500, Thoughts for Today. The history of the Reformation has much to teach us in the present, but more importantly, the theological truths need fresh consideration and application. As we take time to remember and meditate on the implications of the Protestant Reformation, it is also imperative that we avoid assuming a posture of complacency. There are several thoughts that we, the ecclesiastical posterity of the Reformation, would do well to consider. First, we should think big. Ideas and worldviews are powerful enough to reshape the world. We don't often think about this and get swept up in the practical details and issues instead of their glorious foundations. But the doctrine of justification by faith alone was the centerpiece of the Reformation, and in fact, Luther even criticized Wycliffe and Huss for seeking moral reform when what needed reforming was the doctrine of the church. In thinking through this today, we might offer the same critiques of our modern reforms within the church. For example, there's a push for values reform from conservative circles. More than focusing on the family, however, we need to put the focus back on the foundation of our faith. There's a push for relevancy reform from seeker-sensitive circles. Think leadership gurus, survey analyses, pastoral fashion consultants, and the like. There is a push for modernity reform from liberal circles. This view essentially believes that scripture and all it teaches has to be modernized to fit our evolved understanding of morality and society. Ironically, the church today finds itself splintered into a staggering number of groups with very different ideologies and philosophies of what modern Reformation should look like. Do we reinvent, repackage, or reapply? Even in circles that claim to boast in Christ and Christ alone, we find ourselves with sociological pea shooters instead of wielding the sword of the Spirit. But instead of getting bogged down and pulled in all these different directions by minutiae, we need to think big, gospel big. Secondly, we should also think deeply. A cursory nod to justification by faith alone won't do. Too many of our churches affirm justification by faith alone in their doctrinal statements and carry out their ministry as if we are justified through our own efforts. We failed to mine the riches of the glorious gospel in the same manner that Paul did in the first 11 chapters of Romans before he gets to the appeal to practical living in chapter 12. Instead of continuously and richly meditating on and applying the gospel in all of its depth, we tend to tip our hats to it and hurry along to the real business at hand. It's worth quoting Luther here extensively. This is actually in a book called Faith Alone, a devotional work edited by James Gavin, and it's Luther's own words. Here's what he says, People don't earn God's approval or receive life and salvation because of anything they've done. Rather, the only reason they receive life and salvation is because of God's kindness through Christ. There is no other way. Many Christians are tired of hearing this teaching over and over. They think that they learned it all long ago. However, they barely understand how important it really is. 
If it continues to be taught as truth, the Christian church will remain united and pure, free from decay. This truth alone makes and sustains Christianity. You might hear an immature Christian brag about how well he knows that we receive God's approval through God's kindness and not because of anything we do to earn it. But if he goes on to say that this is easy to put into practice, then have no doubt he doesn't know what he's talking about, and he probably never will. We can never learn this truth completely or brag that we understand it fully. Learning this truth is an art. We will always remain students of it, and it will always be our teacher. The people who truly understand that they receive God's approval by faith and put this into practice don't brag that they have fully mastered it. Rather, they think of it as a pleasant taste or aroma that they are always pursuing. These people are astonished that they can't comprehend it as fully as they would like. They hunger and thirst for it. They yearn for it more and more. They never get tired of hearing about this truth. End quote. While the church splashes about in the puddles of philosophical eclecticism, there is an ocean of truth to be explored in the atoning work of Christ alone. Instead of settling for the shallowness of merely acknowledging the gospel, we need to think deeply, gospel deep. Fourth, we should think clearly. Syncretism abounds in our society, and it unfortunately abounds in our churches as well. We have a dab of gospel, throw in a pinch of relativism, add a dash of marketing principles, and before you know it, the gospel is indiscernible. Thinking clearly means understanding the depth of the gospel with the simplicity of faith like that of a child. More than clever pitches to make the gospel palatable today, we need more than ever the undiluted, work-shattering, good news of Christ crucified for sinners, sola fide, and sola gratia. How might we think clearly amidst all the chaos? First, we should return again and again to the key truths of the Reformation. We should be committed to unoriginality when it comes to these core doctrines. Don't fear, secondly, the intimidating thought police of our age. Theologians without a trace of true theology will ridicule us for holding to such primitive notions of reconciliation, while preachers of tolerance show no tolerance for anyone who holds truth claims of exclusivity. Rest assured that these glorious truths cannot, they will not, be forced into the old wineskins without soon bursting. Third, simplicity is not the antithesis to depth. Shallowness is. It's okay to be simple. When we needlessly complicate things, we end up convoluting the gospel. The church must sometimes feel like its head is reeling from all the voices calling for it to follow their lead. But the one voice that must be obeyed is that of sacred scripture, and so it must quiet all of the other maddening cries and think clearly with gospel clarity. The Reformation is 500 years old today, but if we think big, think deeply, and think clearly, then we 21st century followers of Christ 
may yet feel the world-shaking impact of justification by faith alone in the days to come. I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to episode 11 of Captain's Log. I'd also like to encourage you to visit calvinistpicard.com where you can check out the latest blog post, Reformation Truths for the 21st Century. Of course, you can also leave your feedback on the first contact page. You can email me directly at calvinistpicard at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and also on Facebook by the same name. And if you have a free minute, check out Captain's Log on iTunes, give the show a rating, and also leave a review for it as well. I'll leave you with a final nerdy thought. In the 24th century, there is no poverty or need for money, but Baptists still have committees. Thanks for listening.